Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. It's that time of week. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios here at Fox Sports Radio in Las Vegas. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'd like to thank the Memphis Grizzlies for participating in the 2023 NBA playoffs. Get your home version of the game on the way out. Heavy, heavy, heavy NFL and NFL draft tonight. But in about 15 minutes, special guest Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. Well, let's talk about the Oakland A's. Is it a done deal, Vegas, or is it reckless, wishful thinking? We'll share some things you're going to want to know. Mark Medina, special Friday version of Medina Magic, and much, much more. The Bernie Fratto Trivia Game returns. Thank you for your patience. 11.45, the phone lines will open, dial in. You've done a great job. Ethan will post the standings. I think we're through week four or week five. Line up the calls, first five, get in. We will kick it off again at midnight. All right, the NFL draft, the NFL shows its king. Yes, the first round alone, the draft had 11.5 million viewers. It's more than the British Open. The PGA, the U.S. Open, French Open, Australia Open, Wimbledon. Two games of the World Series, the Stanley Cup Final, Indianapolis 500, and the Daytona 500 as well. So if there was any question that the NFL is king, that might have answered it. And, of course, every NFL draft is tough to predict. Just ask Yogi Berra. You know, predicting things is very hard, especially if it involves the future, according to Yogi. He's not wrong. 
Uh, again, you want to... Here's one example of how unusual the first round was. You thought four or five quarterbacks would be drafted in the first round, didn't you? The over-under, the bet here in Vegas, four and a half. I told you last week, bet the under. It cashed easy. But what's interesting is for the first time since 1967 in the common draft era, there were not only four wide receivers picked in the first round, there were four consecutive picks in the first round that involved wide receivers. Jackson Smith and Jigba started the fun at 20, going to Seattle. Quinton Johnston uh, at 21 to the Chargers. Zay Flowers to the Ravens. And then, of course, Jordan Addison out of USC to the Minnesota Vikings. But the talk of the night, the talk of all day was Will Levis. And I want to address that for just a second uh, because as the night dragged on, ESPN repeatedly cut to the shots of Levis waiting in the green room. I think it was like 26 times into the night. He still hadn't been taken. It was a shock to a lot of observers. Had had him going you know, somewhere in the mid-first round. I wasn't really sure. Uh, but here's what's interesting. That might actually be the best thing to ever happen to Will Levis. Uh, it's not a crime to be drafted in the second round. You might have heard of a guy, a young man, who's already carved himself a niche in the NFL quite nicely. A guy by the name of Jalen Hurts. He was drafted in the second round. And by slipping to the second round, Will Levis gets to avoid what might have been a very dubious distinction. You see, Levis' numbers weren't really great in Kentucky. As a matter of fact, he threw 46 touchdowns and 25 interceptions in his college football career. And in the last 25 years, there have been four quarterbacks sit in the first round of the draft that had fewer than 50 touchdowns and more than 25 interceptions. Would you like to know who they are? Okay, you don't want to know? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. The legendary E.J. Manuel fell in that category. Christian Ponder. Yes, Christian Ponder. Josh Freeman. And then, of course, Vince Young, who once notably threw his shoulder pads into the stands, but it was very accurate throwing. He made the correct read. Be that as it may, not necessarily a group that you want to be associated with if you're Will Levis. I'm really not sure what kind of NFL career Will Levis is going to have. Nobody knows. And you got to really be careful. Uh, I will tell you this, that these are just the facts. They just report the facts. Since 1967, 119 quarterbacks before last night, before round one, 119 quarterbacks had been drafted in the first round since 1967. A grand total of nine. Nine won a Super Bowl with the team they were actually drafted by. You can look it up yourself. You can say, well, wait a minute. Lenny Dawson, he was drafted number one. He won with the Chiefs. He was drafted. Lenny Dawson was drafted by the Steelers. I'm going to tell you what. Bottom of the hour, I'm going to get into the draft heavy, and I want to give Howie Roseman his flowers. What an incredible job he continues to do. This is a young man who once wrote 1,500 letters to GMs looking for a job in the NFL. Started doing this from the time he was 12 years old. Mike Tannenbaum tells the story. It's phenomenal. It's inspirational. And the letters would always, always start out like this. My name is Howie Roseman. I go to high school. I'm not on the football team. I've never played football. I've never been on a football team. I've never even stepped foot on a football field. I've never even been a team manager. But someday, if you hire me, I'll be one of the greatest GMs in the history of the NFL. He wrote those letters. 1,500 of them over many year period. Finally, Mike Tannenbaum says, I gotta meet this guy. He did. He says, I don't have anything for him, but he called Joe Banner. 
the Philadelphia Eagles. He became an intern. The rest is history. And, and one of the reasons Howie Roseman is so phenomenal is that he seems to have this innate ability to look into an athlete deeply and say, can this individual be great when the situation demands greatness? Forget the highlight reel. Forget the stat sheet. And certainly when it comes to quarterbacks. When it comes to quarterbacks, third down, the fourth quarter, and the red zone, those are the three things that determine greatness in a quarterback. Third down is the money down. They don't pay to punt on third down. They pay to move the chains. Fourth quarter is when boys become men. Can you put the team on your back? Can you come back and uh, steal a victory in a game you shouldn't win? And then, of course, the red zone. You can't bring field goals to a touchdown fight. You can't bring knives to a gunfight. you got to close out with touchdowns. That's where quarterbacks are graded. And, oh, by the way, to no one's surprise, the top-rated quarterback in the draft, who scored highest in the S2 cognitive test. Bryce Young goes number one overall. Now, let me take my medicine. I said pretty vehemently, I thought that Will Anderson, the safest draft, the, the safest draft pick in the entire lot, out of Alabama, the edge rusher, would go number two to Houston. Well, I knew that because I knew D'Amico Ryans was hell-bent on getting him. And D'Amico Ryans had gone to Alabama. D'Amico Ryans wanted to start the face of the defense. Well, Give it up to the Houston Texans. You talk about clever. Oh, my goodness. Turns out they knew what they were going to do all along. They had gotten word that Tennessee was also very interested in C.J. Stroud, who, by, by the way, I think will be a fine NFL player. Too much was made of the S2 test. He throws a, he, He's a brilliant passer. He's an accurate passer. If you just saw that young man, how he reacted after getting drafted last night, you see he is an individual high character. He's a spiritual person, he's a natural leader, and he's very physically gifted as well. I think they got themselves a good one in Houston. We'll see what happens. But Tennessee, it turned out, their intel told them that they uh, they wanted to get their their paws on C.J. Stroud as well. So they were going to trade up to to three, and if and if uh, and if uh, Houston would have stuck to their guns and drafted Will Anderson too. Tennessee, you know, was offering Arizona a better package. You move up to three, they get C.J. Stroud. Well, Houston says, no, we don't want our division rival getting C.J. Stroud. We'll take him. And they maneuvered something, and then not only did they get C.J. Stroud, they get Will Anderson. They get them both. So lots of highlights like that. We're going to get heavily into the NFL draft, much more analysis and uh, data that you're going to want to hear about in, in you know, some, some backstory lines throughout uh, the show tonight, but I really want to give a tip of the cap to Houston, and I want to give a tip of the cap to uh, Howie Roseman. I'm very surprised with what Detroit did, but I think the minute Detroit realized uh, they couldn't get the cornerback out of Illinois, Witherspoon, they said, what the hell? They traded down. I- I- I'm going to get to all that stuff, but I'm very surprised Detroit passed up on Tyree Wilson, and they also passed up on Jalen Carter. Again, we're going to get to all of it. Hats off. I think Houston and Philadelphia won the draft because of how clever they are. Jalen Carter going to be surrounded by three of his Georgia teammates and good ones. They'll keep him in line. They got themselves a guy that's, I think, going to be highly productive from the jump. The rich get richer. Reminds me of a story. When I, when I see clever maneuvers like that, it reminds me of the, the Chicago Bears. I know my buddy Mike Harmon will remember this. Listen to Mike and Jason every night from uh, uh, 7 to 11. They're hilarious. Frostburg, Tyshirt, the whole Mishpuka. Look, the Bears once had a tight end by the name of Tim Reitman. 
Tim Reitman actually came out of UCLA. Believe it or not, if you really want to get into the trivia weeds, he went to Mary Star of the Sea High School where David Gascon went. So in one of his first games in the NFL, Tim Reitman, they played the New York Giants, and he lined up in Lawrence Taylor, the snarling Lawrence Taylor, lined up over him and said, Sonny, when that ball is snapped, I'm going to go to the left, and I'm going to knock your quarterback on his butt and break his neck, and there's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. Well, Reitman knew what the cadence was. And he waited very patiently until right before the ball was snapped. And he looked at Lawrence Taylor and said, Mr. Taylor, is that your left or my left? The ball was snapped. Taylor temporarily froze. Reitman fired off the line, hit him in the nuts, did his job, occupied Taylor for a few seconds, and the Bears gained seven yards on the play. Taylor looked at him in the eye and wagged his finger and said, Not bad, Sonny. Not bad. That's the kind of cleverness cleverness I like if I could speak English. Tonight's show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up, Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. Are the, Raiders, are, are the Oakland A's really a done, deal, a done deal, or is it simply reckless, wishful thinking, or somewhere in the middle? I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you. 
All right, back on the Bernie Frato Show, Fox Sports Radio. Come to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. At this time, I welcome in a gentleman, longtime writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, current editor-in-chief of LVSportsBiz.com. It is Las Vegas' premier news site covering the convergence of sports, business, stadiums, and politics. Say hello to Alan Snell. Alan, how are you, buddy? Hey, Bernie. Pleasure to join you, man. Listen, I'm uh, looking forward to this segment because there's a lot of folks nationally that don't know what we know here locally. And what I want to do is start at about 30,000 feet and descend. And the first thing I want to do is have you juxtapose the vast difference with respect to the dynamic between the Raiders coming to Las Vegas and getting their stadium built versus the Oakland A's and their quest to come to Las Vegas and get their stadium built. You know, Bernie, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. We're talking about two very separate animals here. You know, with the Raiders stadium situation, you had a process involved that came from the top of the state. Brian Sandoval, who was the governor back in 2015, created a Las Vegas Tourism Infrastructure Committee to study the need of a stadium here in Las Vegas. And then... You had not only did you have the state's most political figure involved, then you had arguably the most powerful economic force here in Las Vegas, the late Sheldon Adelson. Adelson joined forces with the Raiders to create basically a stadium bill that is financing the Raiders stadium. Now, let's, like you mentioned, juxtapose that, you know, to the Oakland Athletics. There is no... There is no process going on right now publicly. Basically, it is lobbyists hired by the by the athletics, and they're in Carson City, our, our capital here in Nevada, and they're going to be leaning on state legislators to see if they can get support for this tax district concept where the stadium will be located uh, on Tropicana, just west of the interchange. But, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of mystery and loose ends to this, Bernie. It's very different, like you mentioned, uh, compared to the Raiders stadium process here in Las Vegas. All right, so let's drill down on the Oakland A's themselves. You brought up several excellent points in recent weeks. Fine, the A's want to come here. They've even entered into an agreement to purchase land at the location you just mentioned, uh, uh, Tropicana and Dean Martin, west of, the, west of the 15 freeway, not far from the other stadiums. But they don't even have an artist rendering. They don't even have an architect. There's so many things they don't even have yet, not the least of which is even the beginnings of potential public funding, which is their, what they're going to want. Take it from there, Alan. Share, with some of the, uh, share some of the potential pitfalls in getting this done. Well, what's interesting, uh, Bernie, is that they have shut off the spigot in terms of conversations with the city of Oakland. So basically, there is no other political city or market to play off against the city of Las Vegas. You're to basically, it's you know, you're negotiating with one entity, which is the state of Nevada and Clark County. We talk about Las Vegas, but most people know that 
the Raiders Stadium, the Golden Knights Arena, and this particular site obviously is not in the city of Las Vegas proper, or county, so they're going to need Clark County Commission support, and they're going to need the, uh, the state, And but they can't negotiate against any other body, Bernie. I mean, basically, it's just, you know, it's one-on-one with, with an, you know, without another political city to kind of play off of, so that's, you know, they, they kind of burn their you know, bridges in Oakland in terms of basically saying that we're now uh, exclusively looking at Las Vegas. So that, that's a big, uh, you know, that's a big thing, like you mentioned. Uh, typically speaking, you usually have a uh, nice rendering, a nice artist picture of the stadium. It's usually a very picturesque, very positive-looking uh, venue. Uh, it would be backdropped against the, uh, obviously, the, the skyline of the Strip, which is exactly what the Raiders Stadium did. And, uh, you know, usually have a design architect who, you know, would be your contact. Um, but there's really been no public input so far. In fact, I have a source at Clark County uh, who told me that they have not even submitted any plans. In fact, I spoke with the Department of Transportation which, you know, not to get uh, too confusing with our listeners, there's actually a major project at Tropicana in the interstate right now going on. And when I talked with the DOT only a couple days ago, Bernie, the DOT of State of Nevada did not even uh, get anything from the Oakland Athletics regarding the impact of the stadium on the particular road project. The good thing about the road project is that it's a design and build project. And believe it or not, they could make adjustments and modifications based on the athletics needs in that stadium. Talking with Alan Snell, editor-in-chief, Las Vegas Sports Biz, and what Alan was explaining there, the Department of Transportation, at the corner of Tropicana and the 15 Freeway, there's a massive undertaking, construction, completely redoing the on-ramp and off-ramp. And so in terms of traffic patterns and the civil engineering, Alan's explaining nothing's been done there yet. Now, to the folks who selectively listen, and you know who you are, we are not saying the A's are not coming to Vegas. But we are also saying it's not a done deal. There are a lot of things that have to happen between now and this actually come to fruition. Alan, let me ask you a question. So the A's are owned by a gentleman, John Fisher. I understand he's a billionaire. He's the heir to the Gap Fortune. How much of an appetite is there for public money here to build a third stadium when the owner is a billionaire and Bill Foley was obviously very generous in building T-Mobile Arena? And there were a lot of factions that came together thanks to Brian Sandoval our former governor that helped Allegiant Stadium get built. It doesn't feel like that same dynamic exists here with the A Stadium. Yeah, the one thing to consider is there was, I think, the, the agreement to adopt the Senate bill to create the Raiders Stadium. Was that because the stadium would be more than just the Raiders? It would be an economic bring in Taylor Swift concerts and international soccer events and all kinds of concerts and the boy bands from Korea and you know, it's and then to, to the extent that people come here to Las Vegas to go to the stadium, it functions almost as a user fee, Bernie, because in some ways it's kind of moral, morally consistent to have the users of the stadium pay for the stadium because, you, because people who are listening uh, right now need to understand that the public is paying off our 
uh, debt on our share of the stadium construction uh, via a hotel room tax. So in effect, the visitors, especially the Raiders games, half of the half of the people coming to the Raiders games are out of town folks. Even the Raider fans themselves are coming from out of town, from northern and southern California. You just don't have the same. Um, situation with a baseball park. I mean, granted, it would be used for 81 home games, so it's going to be used a lot more. But it's unclear to me what other uses that baseball stadium would have. Keep in mind, you know, against the backdrop, you know, a couple of factors. Number one, there is a new venue being built called the Sphere, being built by Madison Square Garden uh, in collaboration with the folks who own the Venetian and the Palazzo, which is probably only a mile away. That is a, now, granted, that's not sports, but still, it's a it's another really impressive um, entertainment venue. So, you know, that's something to uh, keep in mind. And also, you know, you mentioned, you know, let's look at the thirty-five thousand foot big picture, Las Vegas. Does have some other public needs and issues that need to uh, be addressed. The schools are kind of struggling. Um, the transportation system is not robust, I think, for a market of this size. And then think about our healthcare resources in this market. How many people do you know, Bernie, who have to leave the Las Vegas market to get healthcare issues remedied in outside cities? So there's a lot of other competing needs and interests uh, besides the baseball park here in Las Vegas. Wrapping it up with uh, Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. Alan will be a regular on my show between now and September when the A's plan to take it to a vote to Major League Baseball for the approval to move to Vegas, even though we're nowhere near that. One final thing, Alan, that kind of cropped up. It's my understanding in cities like Nashville and Salt Lake City and even Portland, there are coalitions and organizations that have formed calling for a Major League Baseball team to come to their city, like bring Major League Baseball to Nashville. I haven't seen any of that here. Is that a red flag in your view? Well, you know, that's kind of uh, something that I think um, would would have helped, I think, the Oakland Athletics. You know, kind of interesting. You know, when the Athletics uh, showed up to Las Vegas and looking for a public subsidy of $500 million, keep in mind that, like, only two weeks ago, you had an organization called Big League Utah out of Salt Lake City. <laughs> they made a pitch. They had some key people. In fact, I think Dale Murphy, the former Brave slugger, and some other prominent folks like the Miller family in Salt Lake City, you had some big guns there, you know, looking to uh, advocate for Major League Baseball coming to Salt Lake City. I just don't see, like I said, the Raiders had Sheldon Adelson. They had the governor. In fact, the county commission chairman at the time, Steve Sisolak, who would become the governor, and he has since lost, he was on board with you know, pushing the Raiders stadium to the finish line. You just don't have the same dynamic uh, regarding the baseball park here, Bernie. Alan, uh, you got my text. As news develops, let me know. We'll get you back on. This is not a local story. This is a national story. Thanks so much for joining us, Alan. It's always a pleasure. I admire your work, Bernie. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks, pal. Talk again soon. It's Alan Snell, LV Sports Biz. Hey, no one's stopping the athletics from building a ballpark in Vegas, but $500 million in free public money toward the construction, that's a different matter. This is a journalistic story that will play out over time, and we're going to bring it to you. We're going to bring you the truth. I think it'd be awesome if these ended up here. I'll go to games. You know me. You know how much I love baseball. But there's 
objective truths and personal feelings and somewhere in the middle we've got to bring you what the facts are coming up we dive back into the nfl draft it was an unusual one night one was a lot of fun we'll give you some highlights and thoughts and who did well and who left you scratching your head but first but first well with the first pick of the friday night Radio show, sports talk radio week and extravaganza. The Bernie Fratto Show selects Kevin Figures, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, my God. I am so excited. Bernie, I've been waiting my entire life for this. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my auntie for that one teacher that told me I wouldn't make it. Look at me now. Look at me now, Ms. Jackson. Forget you. Thank you, Bernie. Uh, the, the Lakers are on. You know, Kevin, that went even better than we did in rehearsal. <laughs> damn straight. <laughs> that was so damn good. Peabody people. Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, Lakers moving on to the second round of the playoffs. They pick up a 125-85 to victory over Memphis in Game 6 of their playoff series Friday night. D'Angelo Russell, 31 points, leading Los Angeles. They will take on the winner of the Kings and Warriors series, which is now headed to a Game 7 on Sunday after Sacktown went into San Francisco and picked up a 118-99 to victory behind 26 points and 11 assists from De'Aaron Fox. Second and third rounds of the NFL draft on Friday night. Some notable names that were selected, as Bernie mentioned, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis being taken by the Titans, who traded up in the second round to get him. Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer going to the Raiders in the second round. Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker selected by Detroit in the third round. Stanley Cup playoffs, Colorado and Florida forcing game sevens, while Dallas and Carolina advanced. In baseball, the Dodgers defeated St. Louis 7-3. Mookie Betts with a home run there. Phillies over Houston 3-1. Aaron Nola with eight strong innings, wins for Milwaukee, Texas, Tampa Bay, and Atlanta. Back to Bernie Fratto. Thanks, Kevin. I need a Kleenex after your speech here, big fella. Yeah, much appreciated. Uh, listen, we love the NFL draft. It's a made-for-TV event. 11.5 million people watched. And uh, I, as I mentioned at the top, it was unusual from the standpoint you thought four or five quarterbacks might go in the first round. That didn't happen. Uh, actually, four receivers not only went in the first round, four in a row from pick 20 on, and uh, that hasn't happened since 1967. But the big talk that really dominated even a lot of the sports talk radio shows today around the country and even some TV shows was the visual of Will Levis. Now, we've seen this before. We saw it with Aaron Rodgers. We see it, 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 It's an old hat, right? The poor kid shows up day one expecting to be drafted. doesn't happen. It's happened in the NBA, too, all right? What's interesting is it might end up being the best thing that ever happened to Will Levis because there'll be a different set of expectations on him now. You may or may not know or recall, but the 1983 draft, which is considered maybe the greatest of all time because of all the Hall of Famers that came out of it, six quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Well, at the very end of the first round, the sixth quarterback drafted was a guy by the name of Dan Marino who became a Hall of Famer. There were three Hall of Famers in the first round on that draft, quarterback only. But Marino, coming out of pit, didn't have a great senior season, but he was very projectable, and he was drafted late in the first round. And, of course, there were teeth gnashing and guffawing. But look what happened to Marino. Look what happened and how he benefited from that. He ends up going to the Miami Dolphins, which were a very good football team. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins, four months earlier, had been in the Super Bowl. Granted, they lost to the Washington Redskins, but they were a Super Bowl team. Number two... His coach would be Don Shula. So you're surrounded by Super Bowl talent, and your head coach is Don Shula, who is, you know, gone down in history as one of the great quarterback whisperers of all time. And then the third thing, because of what happened, the expectations for Marino 
paled in comparison to some of the other quarterbacks. And that's how these things work typically in the NFL. Expectations juxtaposed against actual performance are what ultimately defines a legacy, at least early on, of a career. Look, what's going to happen to Justin Fields and uh, and Trey Lance? Well, you've got my strong opinions on those. You know how I feel about both those quarterbacks. I'm not going to dive into it, but I'll tell you this. The 49ers gave up a veritable, you know, plethora of future Hall of Fame craziness and first-round draft picks and all kinds of stuff. If I'm not mistaken, their 21 pick was packaged to trade up for Jalen Waddell. The 22 pick sent to the Chiefs, they got Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and let me put, let me back up. The Dolphins got three first-rounders in the deal with the 49ers that that were directly related to the trade Lance deal because Miami traded all three of them. That pick was packaged to trade up for Jalen Waddell in 21. The 22 pick was sent to the Chiefs, and they got Tyreek Hill. And the 23 pick was sent to the Broncos for Bradley Chubb. I'd say they did pretty well, didn't they? So let's see what happens down the road with Will uh, Levis. And people have their opinions, but let the rubber hit the road, and let's see what what, uh, Tennessee uh, does with him. All right. As we mentioned, the NFL draft is always unpredictable. As expected, the Panthers, they did take Bryce Young first overall. After that, things started to get wacky. Now, Young was one of four quarterbacks who were unanimously expected to go in the first round. No question, but only three did. I can't get over how clever the Houston Texans were. They successfully tricked everyone into believing they were going to pass on a quarterback. And then they went ahead and took C.J. Stroud with the second pick. But little did we know behind the scenes they were maneuvering to trade for the third pick and they were able to get Will Anderson. And then after the Colts took uh, Anthony Richardson at number four, there was still one presumptive first-round quarterback on the board, and that was Kentucky's Will Levis, and that's where the story sort of began. That will be the story that will surround this draft. As the night dragged on, you saw it over and over, and I went back and forth between the, uh, uh, the, the NFL Network coverage with Joe Klatt and, and ESPN back and forth. But ESPN repeatedly cut to tight shots of Levis waiting in the green room, surrounded by uh, several women. At the end of the night, he stood and been taken. And for, for some people, it was a real shock, considering a lot of the observers, certainly the group, the echo chamber, certainly the mock draft people, they expected him to go somewhere in the middle of the first round. Perhaps some people thought as high as the top five, couple noted national writers had Levis going to the Colts at number four in their final mock drafts. Albert Breer had him going to 12 at the Texans. Remember, the Texans drafted again 12th, and that's where the trades came. The reason Levis dropped in the draft, apparently teams started to talk about they were concerned about a toe injury that requires surgery. And then what happens when other teams don't draft him, it becomes the group think echo chamber. You start to doubt your own evaluation. But the slide was the biggest surprise of the night, but it wasn't the only shocking development. Let's go back to the Texans where they raised eyebrows. They take Stroud at number two, then they turn around and immediately trade for the next pick, which they used to take Will Anderson of Alabama. I believe the safest pick in the draft. Now, Houston did pay a steep price to trade up because they had to give the Arizona Cardinals the 12th and 33rd picks in this year's draft and first and third round picks in next year's draft. But they got pick 105 back from the Cardinals. Very aggressive move, very ballsy move. But I believe that made the Houston Texans one of the biggest winners. You got Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, Ohio State and Alabama, offense and defense. You start to form an identity. I love D'Amico Ryan's already. I already did. And don't think he didn't have his fingerprints all over this. 
along with the rest of the Texans' brass. Draft picks are nothing more than inanimate objects on a piece of paper until you bring a real live human being into the fold. So when you bring in Will Anderson and you bring in C.J. Stroud, I'd say that's a pretty damn good start. Now, some folks are going to criticize the Texans for trading back into the top three for such a significant cost. But come on, Houston is in dire need of talent, elite talent, and they got some. They got two. One who can become the face of the offense, one who can become the face of the defense. And if the Texans hit on both those picks, they have genuine building blocks. They can start to anchor the roster on both sides of the ball for the next five to eight years, maybe ten years. It's a bold move. It's a smart move. That's what the D'Amico Ryans era is going to be noted for regardless of where they go. Now, the Detroit Lions really surprised me. They've had three good drafts in a row, and they surprised me for the wrong reasons. There was a lot of talk before the draft about B. John Robinson coming out of Texas. Where would he go on the board? There were no running backs selected in the first round last year. Robinson, Bijan, he's going to be an instant star in the NFL. Uh, he was expected to become the first player to be picked at that position this year. Uh, remember Barkley, let's see, what was he taking, like number eight three or four years ago? Uh, no, 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 check that, check that. Barkley was like 24th. But uh, Robinson was selected at eight by the Falcons. Now, the second best running back in the draft, Alabama's Jameer Gibbs, considered maybe a French first-rounder. So that's where Detroit kind of shocked me and even pissed me off a little bit when they took Jameer Gibbs at number 12. Nothing against Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to say the same thing I say about Jameer Gibbs that I said about Calvin Johnson back in 2007. I covered that draft. I love the player, but I don't love the pick. Why the hell would the Lions pass up on Jalen Carter? Maybe they got the reasons. Why would they pass up on Tyree Wilson? You've already got... Aiden Hutchinson and the makings of a good defense. The Lions have offense. That is not the issue. Their offensive line is good. They need to build in their interior line. They get, need to get more pass rushers. They need to get more cornerbacks. They were all set to draft Evan Witherspoon out of Illinois. I believe absolutely that was going to happen until Seattle beat them to the punch at number five when Detroit saw that. They decided to trade down. Arizona moved up to six. Detroit moved back. And uh, you saw what happened from that point. Now, I give it up to Jameer Gibbs. He's an electric playmaker, but the decision at 12 doesn't make sense for multiple reasons. One, the Lions already have DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. And they probably could have gotten Gibbs with their 18th pick. Maybe the Lions do want to risk it after they saw uh, B. John Robinson go eighth. But why did Detroit go offense that early? They need to bolster their defense. They should have gotten other cornerbacks. They should have gotten other edge rushers. Or, again, Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson there. The Lions elect not to do that. Why? I don't know. We shall see. It's, uh, there's a long way to go, and the Lions are actually pretty, pretty active in, in free agency. Coming up, Howie Roseman did it again. He lands Jalen Carter. Carter surrounded by three ex-Georgia teammates. That'll provide the greatest support system, the rich get richer. Let's give Howie Roseman some flowers. This isn't his first barbecue. He's been doing it a while. That's how the Eagles got to the Super Bowl. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. They're back on the Bernie Frater Show, coming to you live from the Las Vegas TireRack.com Fox Sports Radio Studios. Take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Phone lines are open. The game show that Ethan Miller worked so hard to create, Bernie's Backyard Bunkin' Bets, is back. Top of the hour, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. The game show, the trivia show, resumes. Ethan, Ethan will publish the standings Monday. We were off to a rousing start. Maybe Ethan can republish those uh, tonight or tomorrow heading into where we are Monday. And we'll pick up where we left off at a little hiatus, but we are back. And this will go for another eight, nine weeks. Ethan will explain all that. And the game show uh, resumes at top of the hour. Bernie's Backyard Bunk and Bets. You know, growing up in New Jersey, Marlboro Township to be exact, on young Howie Roseman, who's become what I believe is the premier NFL executive uh, working. Uh, he, uh, he wrote letters to every NFL general manager asking for an opportunity. But the letters were very funny, they were very clever, and they would start out by saying, my name is Howie Roseman, uh, I don't play football. I've never played football. I've never even set foot on a football field. I've never been on a football sideline. I've never been a coach, assistant, manager, water boy, anything. But someday, if you hire me, I'll be one of the best GMs in the National Football League. Well, imagine getting that letter. Well, he was determined. He sent out over 1,400 of those types of letters until finally Mike Tannenbaum, who was with the New York Jets at the time, became curious. He said, this kid, he's either the craziest person on the planet or the most persistent, but I'm going to find out. One thing led to another. Tannen, uh, Mike Tannenbaum didn't have anything. He called Joe Banner with the Eagles. The rest is history. He got an internship, and it went from there. So how's he done? Well, let's just look at the 2022 Eagles. Okay, They were an incredible collection of talent. But how Howie Roseman built that team is ingenious. The first thing he did was he put together the best offensive 
and defensive lines in the league. And then by snapping his fingers, he upgraded the receiver room just like that. He trades to Tennessee and gets A.J. Brown. Then he drafts Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Boom, receivers, offensive line, defensive line. Then after the Carson Wentz debacle came to fruition, he regrouped, drafted another gentleman, Jalen Hurts, in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft. You remember that COVID draft when Roger Goodell was sitting in that weird chair? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. That's when they got Jalen Hurts, who had just transferred to Oklahoma because he couldn't beat out Tua at Alabama. But you know the story. Roseman then found a guy by the name of Jordan Maleta. He came from Australia, a rugby player, turns him into a starting left tackle. Then Roseman finds another you know, defensive line stalwart, a gentleman by the name of Hassan Reddick. He only got 16 sacks last season. Then Roseman waited for the Giants, and they waived cornerback James Bradbury. Five days later, Roseman signed him. Then Roseman had the, the, the wherewithal and the prescient knowledge to sign and identify Nick Sirianni as the guy who might be an up-and-coming head coach despite having no previous head coaching experience at any level. And Sirianni didn't exactly rock the planet with his opening press conference, but look at the results. This roster has Roseman's fingerprints all over it. All those letters that Roseman sent starting when he was 10 years old became things of a legend. Put some respect on his name. This is a young kid. He told everyone he'd be, one day he'd be a general manager in the NFL. Now he's at the top of his profession. There's no doubt. And what does he do? Opening night of the draft gets Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith out of Georgia. You know about some of Jalen Carter's issues. But if his head's on straight and his work ethic is there and he you know, keeps his head down, straightens up, flies right, He's going to be an absolute force for the Eagles. The rich get richer. So what does Roseman do? He brings him in and surrounds him with three ex-Georgia teammates that will keep him in line, and you know they will. That's just ingenious. To be in the Super Bowl, to draft that late, and bolster your, your, your roster that much more. Picked up another great offensive lineman out of Alabama earlier today. Hi, Roseman. You get your flowers from the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming up. Bernie Fratto's Backyard Bunk and Bets. The game show continues. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, you heard the man, and we've got Mitchell, Chad, Poppy, Ryan, and Nathan all waiting in the wings in just a minute. We pick it back up. Bernie's Backyard Bunk and Bets, the show the contest that Ethan worked so hard to create. Yes, we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios here in Las Vegas. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the Bernie Frater Show, Fox Sports Radio. We'll take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Without further ado, let's turn it over to our maestro, Ethan Miller, for Bernie's Backyard Bunk and Bets. We got questions. We got prices. Are y'all ready to have some fun? Lots, lots of fun. Who will come out on top? We're calling on you. Let's see what you got. It's game time. It's showtime. It's Bernie's Backyard Bunks and Bats. All right. Welcome to week five of Bernie's Backyard Bunks and Bats. Glad to be back, Bernie. We didn't get it last week. 
Nope. And, uh, folks, uh, we're ready to roll. And, by the way, just to Brandon, who texted in, uh, the phone number is 877-996-6369. We're full up tonight, but welcome you in uh, next week. Ethan, take it away. All right. So, first, uh, we're going to get Mitchell from Ohio. Mitchell is a uh, caller. He's called uh, three, four times. Mitchell, thanks for having. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. All right. So, uh, first trivia question of the night. What was Muhammad Ali's birth name before he changed it? I can't think of it. Bernie? Ethan, Ethan, that would be the legendary Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay. Boom. All right. Good, good, Bernie. Good. I'm surprised you didn't get that one, uh, Mitchell. You're usually, usually on fire with these trivia. All right, let's go to let's go to the uh, bet here. In NBA, the Western Conference semifinal starts tomorrow between the Suns. They'll travel to Denver to take on the Nuggets at 5:30 Pacific, 8:30 Eastern. The Nuggets are currently minus two and a half. Will you be taking the Nuggets or the Suns plus two and a half? The Suns. All right, Mitchell going with the Suns, plus two and a half. Yes, they're a higher seed, but I'm surprised to see the Suns as a road favorite here. Still think Denver's the most complete team. They play much better defense. I'll take the Nuggets and the points at home. All right, you guys are split on that one. Mitchell, we appreciate Thanks, you. Mitchell. Keep an eye out for the standings Monday. No. All right. Oh. All right, next we have Chad from Montana. Chad, you there? Yeah, I'm there, Ethan. All right, Chad, we appreciate you Wait, for Chad, calling what, back what in. part of Montana are you from there, buddy? The Missoula. Missoula. Former, uh, do the Brewers still have a team in the uh, Pioneer League there? They used to back in the day. No, it used to be the Diamondbacks farm system. Yep, Rookie before team. them. Yeah, the Diamondbacks were born, I'm thinking, what, 98, but... I might be dating myself. But it doesn't matter. Let's move ahead, my friends. All right. <laughs> Here we go, Chad. Uh, we had you on the first week. We appreciate you for calling back. All right. How many miles is a marathon exactly? To the decimal. Uh, 10.2. Ethan, it's actually 26.2 miles. All right, Bernie. And that, of course... Uh, comes from the ancient Greek times when a messenger had to deliver something and he had to run and the distance ended up being 26.2 miles and you know Ethan I've always wanted to run a marathon I can do the 26 I just can't do the last two so I said hell with it <laughs> Bernie, uh, maybe we'll, Bernie maybe we'll do it one day that's right maybe I'll call a cab like Rosie Ruiz <laughs> Google it folks all right Chad you ever run a uh, you ever won, run a marathon or no I, I never have. No, I don't run. But uh, I, I'll tell you, I could have gotten cash as clay, though. <laughs> All right. Well, next time, maybe we'll, we'll give I, you I, the... I've run a 10K. Does that count? Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to you, Bernie. Yeah. All right. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're going to keep it in the NBA. Uh, Sunday, the Heat traveled to New York to take on the Knicks for a 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern start. The Knicks are currently at minus four. Will you be taking... The Knicks at minus four, or are you taking the Heat at plus four? I'm going to take the Knicks. Uh, they're, they're rolling right now. They're looking really good, so I'll pick the Knicks at home. All right, Bernie. I'm, I'm in agreement with Chad. Uh, I think the price is right where it should be. Uh, I give the <coughs> Heat top credit for what they just did to the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Uh, I, I think Tom Thibodeau finds a way to at least attempt uh, to put Jimmy Butler in a vice. I like I like the Knicks, and I think they'll pull away late. Awesome. All right, Chad, we appreciate you for calling in. Hey, hey I got one more thing for Bernie. Uh, on that Denver Nuggets game, I'm a huge Nuggets fan, and I like that you picked them. Um, here's how I look at that game. is If the Nuggets can play defense, they're going to win that game for sure. That, that's the key for the Nuggets is, is stepping the, up the defense. The, the, the Nuggets do play defense, and I talked about them last week in terms of their the players that commit to defense, and they're the most complete team, and they got the best player in the West and Nicole Jokic. So we're in agreement. All right, moving All right, on. Chad, thanks so thanks. much, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, next we got Poppy from San Diego. Poppy. Hey. Thanks for coming on. All right. <laughs> You can always count on Poppy. That's right. All right, here we go. Question for you, Poppy. How old was Tiger Woods when he won his first Masters? Oh, wow. His first Masters? Uh, I'll say 21. Give me 21. Wow. Well, I think he's right. I think he's right. I'll tell you why. Tiger was born, ah. Tiger was born in, in December of 75. His first Masters was 1997, won by 12 strokes. And so that was that tournament was April of 97. So he would have just turned 21, uh, what, four months before. And he wouldn't turn 22 till the following December. So 21 is correct. Wow, very impressive by the both of you. All right, good. We're going to go to the... Uh, bet for you, Poppy. It's going to be, we're going to stay in the NBA. We're going to go, um, the first round is going to wrap up with game seven between the Warriors and Kings. The Warriors will travel to Sacramento to take on the Kings for a 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern start. The Warriors are currently minus one. Will you be taking the Warriors minus one or the Kings plus one? Well, this is an easy one. I think I'm the one. You know, as I always say, top monster. I have a feeling top monster is going to be there. So I'm going to pick the uh, home team. Let's go with the Kings. Let's run. Bling, bling. <laughs> All right, Poppy. Top Kings. Monster. Bernie? Is, fair enough. Uh, this is one of those zigzag games that the NBA is so famous for. And when you look at the Kings tonight and you look at their energy, and you look at the way that they put it together on both sides to win the road game. And yes, the Kings were the best home team in the NBA this year. But this is where you got to be a contrarian and think like the book. I'm going to hold my nose and go with the Golden State Warriors. All right. Good luck, Poppy, because I'll tell you, if the Kings advance, yeah, I, think it's a great, I think it's a great story. All right. So you guys are split on that one, Poppy. We appreciate you for calling in. See you next week. Bernie, see you guys. See ya. All right. Next, we have Ryan from Utah. Ryan from Utah. He calls every week. Ryan, how you doing? I am fabulous. How about yourself? Hey, Ryan. Doing pretty well. Hey, hey. All right. Here we go. We're going to get our question for you. Where is the next Summer Olympics supposed to take place? Summer Olympics. Wow. Beijing. Well, we, we passed. We we're past the buzzer. A little liberal there, uh, but Mark does a good job. A little liberal. <laughs> All right. Here's a uh, here, here's a hint for you. If you like souffles, 
actually going to be in Paris 2024. It's going to be upon us, believe it or not. They start next July, which isn't that far away. The 2024 Summer Olympics will be in Paris, not Paris, Texas, Paris, France. (laughs) All right, Bernie. Great job. All right. Here we go, Ryan. We're going to go to the NHL playoffs. We got the Lightning and the Maple Leafs. Toronto currently leads the series 3-2. The Leafs will travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Lightning for a 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern start. Will we be taking the Lightning in a pick'em or the Maple Leafs? Maple Leafs. Oh, that was quick. Bernie? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm My harder with the Maple Leafs. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004. They've done a hell of a job, but they lost... They let Tampa Bay up off the mat, and uh, so I, I, I think Tampa Bay uh, gets it done. Vasilevsky has one good game in him as goalie. I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. However, however, Ryan, uh, we're with Ryan right now. Yeah, we're with Ryan. Sorry about that. Uh, if uh, I think it'd be great for hockey to see a team north of the border finally advance. Uh, you know, Winnipeg just got pull-axed by the Vegas Golden Knights and Ottawa, Montreal. Van- I mean, none of them do well anymore. So it'd be kind of cool to see the Maple Leafs in there, but I, I think I can't go against Tampa Bay in that spot. Yeah, they, well, they've been hot. And I got to ask you, Bernie, when are we going to be talking about the run for the Roses next week? The run for the roses. Well, we will talk about the Kentucky Derby, of course, but uh, it's a niche audience, but I promise you we'll cover it. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, you cover everything, so I love the show. Thank well, you. Well, thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great night. All right. All right. Next, last one of the night, we got Nathan from the Bay Area. Nathan the Millennial calling in. Now, is Nathan new? Is he a first-timer with our game? Yeah, first-time caller for the well, game. Welcome in, Nathan. What part of the Bay Area are you from? Hey, uh, what's up, Bernie and Ethan? Uh, I'm currently uh, in the Fremont area. I work over right. here at Tesla, so I'm uh, out here in Fremont. All right. Nicely done. I, San Francisco, one of my favorite cities. Spent a lot of time on Pier 39, and uh, one of my good buddies I played ball with from Capitola. I don't know if you know where that is, but be that as it may. Also played ball with a guy uh, from Sacramento who went to uh, Del Campo High School. And Yep. Yep. Welcome to another edition of What Is My Life by Bernie Fratton. All right, go ahead. All right. All right, this is, Nathan, I think you'll get this one. A lot of people don't know it. That's why I put it on here. The question is, what does WWE stand for? World Wrestling Entertainment. Bam! Nicely done. Here we go. Nice. That was impressive. That was impressive. I got it? Yeah, you got, got it. it. You Let's got go. it. <laughs> that could be a good sign. Yeah, that's good. Listen, you you already got 100 points. All right. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> look for those standings on Monday. Yeah, check out the standings. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to keep it in the NHL. Uh, the Devils travel to New York to take on the Rangers for a 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern start tomorrow. It's a pick em. The series is currently Devils lead 3-2. Will you be riding the Rangers or the Devils in New York tomorrow? So this is a really fascinating matchup. I like this. Uh, The Rangers took the first two, and the Devils have been on a hot streak. They've won the last three, and I think they're going to keep that train rolling, and they're going to win four straight and really uh, kind of a little sweep action, you know, winning four straight. Yeah, I'm in agreement. As uh, Adam Sandler's mom said in The Water Boys, the devil! It's the devil. Uh, yeah, listen, I've actually got the Devils advancing all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's how good I think they are. So I think they finish off the Rangers. I'm, I, we're in agreement. 
Awesome. All right, Nathan, we appreciate you for calling in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Call in. Yes, sir. Thanks for the layup. Yep. <laughs> All, All right. right, so they're getting better on the trivia. They got two of the five this week, So, but I think I was 3-0. and oh. What's my trivia record now? Well, it must be you You got to give me a sec. I'll actually well, look. You don't have to do it right now. You'll put the standings up. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think it's I think it's in the – I got to I gotta be I know, sure. I know it's, I think it's more than 90%, I think. But Yeah, but it's that helped get, you. <laughs> all right. All right, another rousing edition of Bernie's Backyard Bunk and Bets, the, the game Nathan put together. It's been great response. The listeners have done well. Uh, we'll give the phone number out next Friday night again, 1145 Pacific. Uh, we are in week five of the game, Ethan. Is that right? Week five. Okay, so we've completed four. It's going to go 12 weeks, so we'll rip off those weeks between now and probably going to end right around the second week in June, I'm guessing. But uh, just as a heads up, the bottom line is uh, starting, again, we'll we'll resume next Friday, 877-996-6369, 877-99-FOX is the number. Next Friday, 11.45 Pacific, you can start dialing in. Ethan will take your calls. First five, get in. If you don't get in next week, keep going back. This is a marathon, not a sprint. As Boxweed says, 26.2 miles from Athens to Marathon. That's why it's called a marathon. Nicely done, Boxweed. Coming up, was it a good day or a bad day for Wisconsin sports fans this week? You had news involving... Aaron Rodgers, and you had news involving Giannis and Tenacupo. I want to remind you, tonight's show brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Fratter. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tyrac.com. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bernie Fratter Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Back on the Bernie Fratto Show. Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Coming up bottom of the hour. After Kevin Figures update, a special Friday night edition of Medina Magic. He's still at the Crypto Arena tonight where the Lakers put away the Memphis Grizzlies and will advance to the winner of Golden State. I believe Golden State, uh, Sacramento. We'll talk to Mark about that. All right. This past week, Thursday, was it a good day or a bad day for Wisconsin fans? Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Everyone knew it was coming. Finally, the news happened. Rodgers officially traded to the Jets. And to some Facker fans, I think it's a blow. I do. But here's, let's break it down. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers. The Jets get the Packers 2023 first round pick, which was number 15 the other day. Let's see. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Packers took... Will McDonald's bottom line is you know who they got. The Packers get the 23 fifth round pick, number 170. Now, let, let, me, let me try that again in English. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers, the Packers 2023 first round pick at 15, and the Packers fifth round pick, which will be Saturday. The Packers get the Jets 2023 first round pick at 13. That's uh, one of the things they moved up for. They drafted Lucas Van Ness, uh, an edge rusher out of Iowa. Okay, the Packers uh, also got the Jets' 23 second round pick at 42, the 23 sixth round pick at 207. That'll be Saturday. Then it pushes to next year. The Jets get the number 24 conditional second round pick, which could become a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers p- plays roughly 65 percent of the Jets' offensive snaps this season which would be about 11 games, which I think he'll do that, actually. So that's going to be a pretty good deal for the Jets, I suppose, because they get Rodgers in exchange for two draft picks while trading back two spots in the first round of this year's draft and moving up from the sixth to the fifth. But the Packers, I still think, uh, got what they wanted more than the Jets. They got rid of a guy who had no interest in remaining in Green Bay. They got a decent haul of draft picks. Here's what happens now, though, because I have no idea if Jordan Love can play, and you don't either. There's a story back in 2007, and this is after Aaron Rodgers came off the bench in that Thursday night game against the Cowboys and looked terrific immediately. Athletic, vibrant, rocket arm, making plays with his feet, moving the chains on third down. It was a very impressive first impression. But when it was learned in the offseason the following year that Brett Favre was on his way to the Jets, Rodgers got the text, and he says, we're handing you the keys to the car. Are you ready? And Aaron Rodgers admitted, I don't know. I think I am. But until the National Football League season kicks off, and it's now Jordan Love's team, you're never going to know. He's never going to know until the real bullets start to fly and the rubber hits the road and life in the National Football League unfolds in living color because you now are the purveyor of the Green Bay Packers franchise after following in the footsteps of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in the last three decades. It's a new era. Almost 40 years of stability at quarterback. 
And I think expectations might be unfair for Jordan Love, but that's what you signed up for. Rodgers' legacy is simple. He's probably the best quarterback ever. You could say he's better than Bart Starr. You could say he's better than Brett Favre. That's a fact. For the Jets, I think it's a relief. They finally solved the quarterback issue that's plagued them for a decade. They haven't had a top-10 offense or a 20-touchdown passer in eight years. The only Jet to throw for 4,000 yards in a season, the great Joe Namath. Of course, the Jets' Super Bowl odds jumped after the news broke. But Rodgers, and forget the forget the age, he, he's going to turn 40 this year. If he can just lead a competent offense, doesn't even need to be a top-tier attack. The Jets are going to be a playoff team. The Jets' defense was a top-five unit last year. If Rodgers can inject some confidence into Zach Wilson, which is another byproduct of this, then it's one of the best deals in team history. Here's the biggest question mark. The Rodgers... You know, he had promising pieces on offense. The Jets had promising pieces on offense last year, but it was a shame because Brees Hall, who was just a bell cow stud, you know, rookie, uh, and Garrett Wilson, but they had injuries. And the Jets, with their quarterback, scored the fourth fewest points in the league. And the defense is among the league's best. So here's the bottom line. Will the Rodgers offense be enough to put the Jets over the hump? I think it will. I really like this Jets team. They're really good. All right, so was it a good week for Wisconsin sports? Well, they moved along, but then how about the Bucks? And we're going to go over this with Mark Medina in just a minute. I don't like to use the word choke. And, you know, it's being compared to the 2007 Mavericks. But when you finish the season with a league-high 58 wins and you fumble away in an elimination game at home, I will tell you, uh, and you've got a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter, Oh, man, how does that happen? And then a game-tying alley-oop from Gabe Vincent to Jimmy Butler with less than a second left. That's going to wake up Milwaukee fans. It's going to be a nightmare for years. And then finally, just for fun, the overtime period ends. The Bucks' final possession. You still had a chance to tie or win. It ends with the ball in Grayson Allen's hands. He doesn't even get a shot off before time expired. Now people are calling for Mike Budenholzer's job. We'll talk to Mark Medina about that coming up. But first, let's go back to our guy, first-round draft choice, Kevin Figures. All right, Bernie. Well, we'll start in the NBA playoffs from Friday night. Lakers dominating Memphis 125-85, to taking their first-round series in six games. D'Angelo Russell, 31 for L.A. Anthony Davis, 16 points, 14 boards, five block shots. Earlier on Friday, De'Aaron Fox scored 26, leading Sacramento to a 118-99 victory over the Warriors, forcing a Game 7 in the state capitol Sunday afternoon. L.A. will face the winner of that series. In baseball Friday, the Dodgers beat the Cardinals 7-3, Texas defeated the Yankees 5-2. Jacob DeGrom did leave the game in the fourth inning with forearm tightness. Phillies defeated Houston while Atlanta shut out the Mets in a rain-shortened five-inning affair. Notable names to be taken in day two of the NFL draft include Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker going to Detroit, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis selected by the Titans, and the Steelers drafting Penn State cornerback Joey Porter Jr. All right, back to Bernie Fratto. All right, Kevin, usually you hear this gentleman midnight Saturday night. Medina Magic, but I will tell you, so much is happening. It warranted a special Friday edition for a gentleman. You know, here he is. It's that time. Oh, ho, ho, it's magic. Always a great time for Mark Medina and Medina Magic. He's our NBA guru here at Fox Sports Radio. Mark, thanks for making time on a Friday night. Are you still at the Crypto Arena? 
I'm still a crypto arena typing away, as you noted. Lots of stuff going on in the Lakers playoff games, so right on pack it. We're going to get to that in just a second. So much to unpack tonight. And hardest working man in uh, rock and roll NBA, Mark Medina, Medina Magic. Let's start with the big news. Jason Tatum apologized to Janet Jackson for delaying the concert. <laughs> did she Did she accept the apology? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think she has any other choice. I mean, look, uh, there's always scheduling snafus that happen, but the reality is sporting events always takes precedent over That's concerts right. because it's easier to reschedule concerts. So, yeah, she has no choice but to accept the apology. <laughs> Mark, let's start at 30,000 feet and descend. The Bucks were really a big story this week. I thought Giannis Antetokounmpo and his press conference uh, was actually almost poignant. It was brilliant, actually. It was tr- It was really terrific. Give me your thoughts on the Bucks moving forward. I've never called for a coach's job, and I'm not going to start now. But is Mike Budenholzer in trouble? I don't think he's in trouble. I mean, he's he's uh, built a lot of equity with you know winning a championship in 2021, and I think the consistent successes they've had. No doubt, it was a disappointment that the Bucks lost the first round of the Miami Heat. But I think you have to keep in mind a few things. The Miami Heat, they're a good team. They're the real deal. But I think secondly, you know, Lakers coach Jarvin Ham was talking about this whole issue before the game. He's a former Bucks assistant coach. He actually revealed that Mike Budenholzer has been going through a lot of personal stuff with losing his brother and so I think that internally the Bucks are mindful of those sort of circumstances and how it can affect uh, you know a, a performance as far as work goes so I, I would be very surprised if he's let go but no doubt you know the Bucks obviously were expected to win a championship and even though Giannis gave a very eloquent speech about how you know we should view failure and success in sports. The reality is, you know, semantics aside, this is not what the Bucks envisioned losing the first round. So they're going to have to, uh, you know, make sure they make the necessary adjustments for next season so they get back in the hunt. Yeah, and Mark, you're never going to like the way you lose. We used to talk about that when I covered the Detroit Lions pre and post, but. The Bucks had a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. They gave up that alley-oop to Jimmy Butler, and then the way it ended with Grayson Allen not getting a shot off, how do you process that, seriously, if you're a Bucks fan? Because that was just an absolute meltdown. Yeah, it really was. And I think even when you put into context the fact that Giannis is hurt for two and a half games, the reality is the Bucks. you know, maybe it's a stretch to think they can win a championship without Giannis if he's not healthy long-term, but they should be able to still beat even a Miami Heat team with everyone else on the floor. I mean, they have all-star caliber players with Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. I talked to Drew Holiday earlier in the season, and he felt like what made their big three really distinguishable is not only did they complement each other, but when one player was down, they were able to fill the void and mitigate it, and that's something that happened earlier in the season when Chris Middleton was out. Now, Giannis, much different caliber of player, but the Bucks still should have been able to hold the fort down when he was limited or out entirely, and that's why I slightly disagree with Giannis's uh, perspective about failure. Look, I think that he was very well-reasoned. I think that he has a healthy perspective on life and prioritizing what sports mean in the grand scheme of things, but the reality is I remember the late Kobe Bryant uh, once said after 
they lost in the second round after winning two titles and three finals appearances. And he said, you know, any season that doesn't end in a championship is a wasted year of my life. And so I don't think that anyone is ever going to view Giannis's entire career or the Bucks' recent seasons as a failure. But I think that you can look at this individual season as a failure. And now it's about what do they do moving forward to bounce back so that it leads to a success story. Yeah, they had a league-high 58 wins, so there were expectations. Staying in the East real quickly, top credit to the Knicks to win their first playoff series in a decade. They do in convincing action against Cleveland. Now they open up against the game Miami team. Did Miami shoot their wide, or are they going to be a problem for the Knicks? Um, I think it's going to be a competitive series. I mean, look, I think uh, Jimmy Butler, he obviously knows Tom Thibodeau's schemes. Tom knows Jimmy Butler well, so that's going to be a fun game within the game, and I think that both teams have a similar identity. They're both grinded out sort of teams. I mean, get ready for 90s basketball when these two teams, the Knicks and the Heat, were bitter rivals in the late 90s for four consecutive playoff series. And so I think when you look at the identity, you have some star talent like a Jimmy Butler, a Bam Adebayo on Miami's side. You have Jalen Brunson, who's lived up to his max contract with the Knicks. But then you have a lot of you know, really good bruising type players. And Julius Randle with the Knicks, with Miami. You have, you know, some old school players with Kyle Lowry. You have a lot of great role players with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Miami. You have role players from New York with Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly. And so I think that you're going to see a lot of fun physical basketball. Maybe not a lot of high scoring, but I think that there's going to be a lot of competitiveness, and it can really go either way. I would handicap it to the Knicks. I think they have a better roster. Um, but you know what? The Heat are the real deal, and they mm-hmm. know how to compete. And they're very well coached. Eric Fulsa doesn't get enough love, in my opinion. It should be a really good coaching matchup as well. All right, let's move out west. The Golden State Warriors lose by 19 points tonight. Sacramento, 53 rebounds. They head home Sunday. This is a real developing story. Uh, what's the mindset of the Warriors? You got your finger on the pulse of that team. 53 rebounds by the Kings tonight. I'm not so sure the Warriors can get it done Sunday, although I am a firm believer in the zigzag theory, so I might hold my nose and see yeah. the Warriors steal it. Your thoughts? Well, look, I think the Warriors did exactly what the Lakers did tonight. Where the Lakers, they didn't want to mess around. They didn't want to have to go back on the road. They took care of business and treated game six like a game seven. And so from top to bottom, you know, star players, role players, a lot of hustle. I think the Warriors kind of had this assumption, hey, we can afford to lose a game. It was very disappointing because you don't want to play with fire, number one. Number two, this is a home game where historically the Warriors have done really well. So you thought they would have you know, taking care of business and blowing them out. Now, I am with you on the zigzags theory. I know that the Warriors, you know, as much as it's fool's goal to lean on championship experience, they still have a little bit of that identity where they're down by double digits against the Houston Rockets in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, and they still were able to turn it around. So I know it might sound weird because the Kings are a really good team. The Warriors' road record has been atrocious. But look, the Warriors just won a road game in Sacramento in Game 5. So I want to put it past the Warriors that they can do it in Game 7, but they certainly can't look like how they did in Game 6. I mean, that was just embarrassing. And they're outworked, out-hustled. And if you're going to do that in a playoff game, you're going to get spent. Talking with Mark Medina, Medina Magic, our NBA guru, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, 
Let's talk about the Lakers. You were at the game tonight. Very impressive. Uh, it was turned out to be a hell of a block party. Every time you turn around, there was a block shot by the Lakers. <laughs> Good thing there wasn't a drinking game. I would have passed out by halftime. Let me ask you a question because I, I know no one really wants to answer this. Who do you think the Lakers feel more comfortable getting on the floor with, the Kings or the Warriors? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's going to be a competitive series. I think the Lakers are going to have their hands full. But they, they certainly didn't answer this. But if I had to guess, I think that they would view the Sacramento Kings as the easier matchup because they're less experienced. They're not as good of a defensive team. The Warriors, for all their inconsistency on defense and some of their young guys, there's a lot more familiarity that Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson have not just with the Lakers, but most notably LeBron James with all those finals matchups over the years when the Warriors battle with Cleveland. So I think if, if the Lakers had their choice, they would choose Sacramento. But look, I think that this first-round victory against the Memphis Grizzlies really validated in the Lakers' minds that they are the real deal. They're not a quote-unquote seventh seed. They're only a seventh seed because they had a terrible record 13th in the West before the trade deadline. But once they got rid of Russell Westbrook and brought in a lot of new pieces with D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, some separate deals with Mo Baba and Rui Hachimura, they've been a completely different team with having a lot more roster balance and help for LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and they've also been a lot healthier. That's not to say they've been completely healthy. LeBron James was recovering from fatigue in Game 5, but he looks a lot sharper tonight. Anthony Davis, you never know what's going to happen to him, but he's been aggressive throughout the playoffs. So I think that in their mind, they feel like they're the number one seed and everyone else is inferior, but they just have to stay healthy and stay motivated. So certainly no cheering in the locker room that they beat the Grizzlies. I think the message was, you know, this is just step one of many steps that they need to take through the next few months. So Isaiah Thomas once told me that he believed point guard was the most important position in all of sports because one man with the ball in his hands could dictate the movements of nine other people. Well, D'Angelo Russell, 31 points, plus 27, plus minus, even though he only had four assists, he is filling one hell of a role. Can he keep that up? That remains to be seen. I mean, I think that D'Angelo Russell has been a very great fit with the Lakers because he's a much better shooter than Russell Westbrook. I think he's a better playmaker, but he's also been inconsistent. I mean, his shot goes up and down, and I think the point that you made – that Isaiah Thomas brought up about the importance of being a point guard. I think that it's interesting. In recent days, D'Angelo Russell has tried to play semantics and saying, oh, I'm not a point guard, I'm just a basketball player. While that might be true in today's NBA where you know guys are asked to play on and off the ball, play different positions, the reality is he's supposed to be running the offense. I know LeBron James does it from time to time, but it's really about D'Angelo. And I think that unlike Isaiah Thomas, D'Angelo Russell is more of a scoring point guard than a passing second, but D'Angelo is a really good passer, has really great vision, and he plays at a really smooth, controlled, confident pace. I think that that part is consistent. What isn't consistent is his shooting. So the Lakers will certainly take his performance, 31 points, you know, 12 of 17 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. When he's made threes, whether tonight or other games, they are real momentum shifts, but he also has had games where, you know, he's missing a lot of shots, and that, you know, really puts the Lakers in the box. Mark, great stuff as always. We'll look forward to getting you on back again soon. 
All right, let's do it. There it is, Mark Medina, Medina Magic, burning the candle at both ends out at the crypto tonight and uh, bringing us his reportage like no one else can. Coming up, you know, it's only happened six times since 1990 involving the NFL draft. What am I talking about? I'll tell you in just a minute. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Back on the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. Take you up to 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. I want to remind you, Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. All right. So... The draft, at least the first three rounds are in the book. Still more to come on Saturday. Uh, But when Carolina, about a month ago, traded up to secure Chicago's number one pick in this year's NFL draft, it was only the seventh time 
since 1990, and only the third time in this millennium that a team has gone out of their way to trade up for the number one draft pick. And in this case, it turned out to be Bryce Young. Uh, I would, I, I think Bryce Young is going to do very well in national football. I don't want to hear a damn thing about his size. Bill Walsh always said, don't tell me what a quarterback can do. Tell me what he can't do. There's nothing Bryce Young can't do. Small quarterbacks get hurt. Big quarterbacks get hurt. Andy Reid said, I don't care what size you are. You're going to have to learn how to throw the ball between tall buildings. Bryce Young has that figured out. He plays the position with his eyes. His decision-making is incredible. He gets rid of the ball, makes the right decision, puts it on target. So, now that I've praised Bryce Young, how has it worked out? The last six times that an NFL team has traded up specifically for the number one spot to get a guy. Well, back in 2016, the Rams traded up. Remember, they took the number one pick from the Tennessee Titans. Who did they draft? They drafted Jared Goff, number one overall. Jared Goff is a hell of a lot better than people give him credit for. He ran into disfavor in Los Angeles, but he's done a fine job in Detroit. And yes, they got to a Super Bowl. If Matt Stafford would have run into Bill Belichick's defense and that New England team the same way that Jared Goff did, Matt Stafford had a bunch of offensive weapons around him that Jared Goff didn't have. I don't think Stafford would have beaten New England. Goff didn't. He ended up getting traded. Back in 2001, the Falcons, they got the number one pick from the Chargers. He drafted Michael Vick. Vick had a fine career. Big Vic fan. Back in 1997, the Rams, they moved up to get the number one pick from the New York Jets. They grafted Orlando Pace, one of the greatest offensive tackles of all time. The Bengals, back in 95, they get one of uh, a guy that Barrington knows well, Kijana Carter. Uh, they, the Bengals got the pick from the Panthers. Carter would have been an absolute star in the NFL. Absolute shame. I know I said absolute twice, Department of Redundancy Department. Injuries. Injuries de- derailed Kajana Carter's career. He would have been terrific. Now, back in 1991, the Cowboys acquired the number one pick from the New England Patriots long before Bill Belichick got there. Remember, they drafted defensive tackle Russell Maryland, who went on for you know to have quite a career with the Dallas Cowboys. And then in 1990, the first time this ever happened, the Colt, the the, the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. They acquired the number one pick from the Falcons, and they drafted Jeff George. It didn't work out in Indianapolis. Actually, George was later traded four years later to the Atlanta Falcons. George with the cannon arm just never quite panned out in the NFL. So there you have it. It was going to either be Stroud, Young, Richardson, or Will Levis. It turned out to be Bryce Young. And uh, we shall see. We'll know, know two or three years from now if moving up to number one in the draft paid the dividends that the Carolina Panthers wanted it to pay. Coming up, Lamar Jackson. He was in the news this week. Lamar and the Ravens, it's finally come to an end. We'll tell you what happened. There's good news. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Tyrac.com will help you get there. And unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, good news out of Baltimore this week. And I think uh, at the, in the end of the day, 
cooler heads prevailed, you realize that the Ravens would just simply not be the same without Lamar Jackson. Uh, and obviously, you have a situation whereby I think Jackson, in terms of John Harbaugh, in terms of the organization, they were best for him as well. And even though this was a bit of a protracted fight, they, they agree on a five-year, $260 million contract. And all along, I, I said I believe that Jackson's his his fight was misdirected, okay, because he was focused solely on the guaranteed money. But history is going to show us that elite quarterbacks who get top-tier deals between the age of 25 and 27, which is what Lamar Jackson is, they collect the full amount of the contract about 90, 95% of the time. You give today's medical advancements, there's almost never a career-ending injury for a quarterback, and quarterbacks almost never get cut, not a guy of his ilk. And I think it was Ravens' intention all along to provide Lamar with you know a traditional NFL top-tier deal that works for both sides. It wasn't going to be the Watson-Cleveland deal. That was an outlier. That was a desperation deal. And Lamar had an opportunity to test the market starting March 7th. He was given the you know the non-exclusive tag, $32.1 million, tested the market. There was no market there for multiple reasons. We've talked about missing 10 or 20 games, all that. But be that as it may, I think this is the best environment for both sides. All's well. That ends well. So what happened? Well... It was reported Thursday, the Ravens, Lamar, five years, $260 million, and his new deal includes $185 million in total guarantees. That's up a solid, what, $50 million from where it was a couple months ago. That's nice. And the $52 million per year pact, this is an annual average salary. It makes Lamar Jackson the newest, highest paid player which we all know in this day and age is about a 15-minute tenure in the National Football League. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, uh, Josh Allen, or maybe not Josh Allen, but Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert, you know they're going to end up getting paid. But I got got a kick out of Lamar Jackson's quote. He says, quote, you know, for the last few months, there's been a lot of he said, she said, a lot of nail-biting, a lot of head-scratching, but for the next five years, going to be a lot of flock that's the Ravens deal going on. Let's go, baby. Let's go, man. If you're a Ravens fan, you must really be excited because now you got OBJ. They draft Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Plenty of weapons. And let's just hope Lamar Jackson can can stay healthy uh, because the truth of the matter is, and, and it may be, it certainly may have been long overdue. I know this a contract of this nature has been in the making for more than two years. And uh, Ian Rappaport reported that when Jalen Hurts got his five-year, $255 million deal went down 10 days ago, Baltimore decided to step up and offer Jackson a contract to trump that one. So, look, Jackson, it feels like he's been around a long time. He has been around since 2018. First-round pick. He's been a star. He took over midway through his rookie season. And in his first full season in 2019, Jackson did win the NFL MVP through 36 touchdown passes. Threw for over 3,000 yards, ran for another 1,200, ran for seven touchdowns. I think it's fair to say that Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic dual threat in the NFL. And I, when I say dual threat, I mean dual threat from an NFL standpoint. You know, they talk about Justin Fields, good dude, but he's still a college quarterback in my view. He's a dual threat, but his default mechanism is to run. He's got to learn to operate from the pocket. Lamar Jackson, he can operate from the pocket. But Jackson is also a nightmare for defenses 
because he can hit a home run with his legs. He can operate from the pocket. He did it at Louisville, but he can hit a home run with his legs as well. And when you've got a situation whereby you're an offensive coordinator and you've got yourself a quarterback who can take the top off a of defense but can also keep a play alive with his feet, right? Zone defense, he'll run laterally, allow his receivers to set adjust their routes, complete passes. Man defense, he'll run vertically. The DB's backs there to you. The safety's 30 yards away. You're going to gobble up yardage. Lamar Jackson does both. By the way, I would say that Shane Steichen and the offense they the, the, the offensive coordinator of Philadelphia, when, what they did with Jalen Hurts last year, is sort of an homage to what he saw Lamar Jackson do in Baltimore. Now Shane Steichen goes to the Indianapolis Colts, and what do they do? They draft Anthony Richardson. And some people wondered why, because, well, Richardson's only you know, started 13 games. He only completed 53% of his passes. He's, he's, he's a project. And I don't say that derogatorily. Every damn quarterback who gets to the National Football League is a project in some form or fashion. Even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Brady sat for a year. Right? You get to the league, there's a hell of an adjustment. But now Shane Steichen, he says to his bosses in Indianapolis, let me get Anthony Richardson, because if he can run the way Lamar Jackson can run, we can create a nightmare for defenses. I can certainly construct an offense. I can certainly put together a dual-thread offense that's so much easier for me, so much easier for our team with respect to the the tremendous pressure it's going to impose on NFL defenses. So having observed what Lamar Jackson did in Baltimore, I truly believe uh, affected and influenced Shane Steichen as a as a as an offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. What he did with Jalen Hurts, he got to the Super Bowl, and of course now he goes on to Indianapolis and brings in Anthony Richardson, who may be that type of guy someday. We'll see. Long way to go. Now, of course, injuries have been an issue for Lamar Jackson. He finished the past two seasons on the sidelines. When you consider that in the last two Decembers and Januarys cumulatively. And a potential 12 games that Lamar could have started. He only started one. That has to be corrected. But at the same time, Jackson, the Ravens, who've gone back and forth for the last couple of years on a potential long-term deal, what was holding it up is Lamar wanted more guaranteed money than Baltimore was prepared to offer. There was a stalemate. But I would say that both sides knew that they needed to come to a meeting in the middle, get to the area splitable differences. And even though they had till July 17th to come to a long-term agreement, otherwise Lamar would be forced to play under the $32 million tender in 2023, the club, both sides said, Let, let's not wait till this summer to find common ground. All right. Eric DaCosta, they found that common ground Thursday in negotiations. They brought the news out. One of those things, sometimes you just need time. Things develop. People think, and uh, give the Ravens credit. They, they said that their love and appreciation for Lamar never really wavered. And give Lamar credit as well. He was just conducting business. He was just finding a way to find out what's best for him. He ended up getting another $50 million guaranteed. In my humble opinion, there's a 95% chance, if not almost 100% chance, that Lamar will collect the whole $260 million over the next five years. Because, as I said... History shows top-tier quarterbacks that that are elite, which is what Lamar is, 
that sign these deals between the age of 25 and 27, they end up collecting the money. He's going to be healthy. There's plenty of medical advancements to keep him healthy, and I think he's going to be very motivated. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. The Ravens are better with Lamar in Baltimore. The NFL's better with Lamar in Baltimore. Now he's got a couple new toys, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, and, oh, by the way, Todd Mocken takes over as offensive coordinator. I will tell you, with the defense Baltimore had last year and the scare they gave Cincinnati with Tyler Huntley, you got to believe Baltimore and Cincinnati are top of the heap in the AFC, notwithstanding Buffalo and some of the other teams, the Jets. But right now, it feels like Baltimore and Cincinnati, and yes, they're in the same division, they're at the top of the heap. Speaking of heaps, what do you do if your team likes to storm the field after the game? You will not believe what the SEC commissioner is considering if your team storms the field, which is considered a no-no these days. You're not going to believe what they're considering. We'll bring in the crew on this one as well. We'll chop it up. I will share with you what the SEC is pondering right now. Not what do you ponder passing Paul Allen against the Lions, Brett Favre. I'm, this is not Detroit. Oh, that was a funny one. I had, I'm sorry. I had to digress. All right, back to storming the field. We will talk about that coming up and the potential penalties that might befall those hometown fans. I'm Bernie Frato. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Tyrac.com studios. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bernie Frato Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, back on the Bernie Frato Show. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios here in Las Vegas. Tyrac.com studios coming up bottom of the hour. Chris Perfett's World of Soccer after Kevin's update. In the meantime, you've seen it a thousand times. You saw it when Reggie Jackson hit the three home runs in the 1977 series. There was a day fans used to love to storm the field, storm the court. Well, it's been happening a lot at SEC games, which has caused SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey to form a task force, and they've had meetings, and there's another meeting coming up in May. They don't like it anymore. They're concerned about the safety of the visiting team. They're concerned about the dangers for the fans, the dangers of people jumping over walls, the dangers for the teams, for the officials. They, when I say they, I'm talking about the powers to be in the SEC. They're starting to list options, okay? There, maybe they'll come up with a way for fans to positively engage in a post-game celebration and even engage with the athletes, but that don't involve rushing the field and tearing down goalposts. They've instituted fines, but the truth of the matter is it hasn't really worked. All right? So some of the things they're considering are doubling or tripling or quadrupling the fines. Will that work? I have no idea. But what do you hear some of this stuff? It's downright draconian. How about forfeiting the next home game against that team? That comes from a report that Sports Illustrated chronicled about a week ago. How about banning your team from a bowl game? Or how about this is even worse? Suppose you just win 49-7, to the team's, the fan storms the field, and you forfeit the game in which the fan, the fans stormed that day. Can you imagine that, storming the field that day? You win and lose because you forfeit? The idea is to have higher standards for the visiting team, for the officials, for the fans. Have higher standards for when people and the teams try to exit the field. I have no idea what the solution is. None. 
I don't know. Maybe the crew does. Kevin, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about teams? Check that. Fans who storm the uh, court, storm the field. Anyway, just in just from a general opinion standpoint. In a general sense, Bernie, I've not been the biggest fan of it, and I realize it's few and far between, but there have been examples of journalists who have been injured. Look, I think one person or two maybe even died over the last 30 years uh, from being trampled during these things happening. So it's not often, but, I mean, it's one of those cases where one – is too many. And I understand that students want to get on the field and they want to celebrate, but at a certain point, you have to take safety into account. So, in a general sense, Bernie, I'm, I've been mostly against it throughout the years. How do you feel about some of these potential penalties? Could you, could, you, could it get could it rise to this level where a team is banned from a bowl game or forfeit a game? That seemed pretty strong, but also to your point, if teams are not going to adhere to the rules that are put in place, the only way to at least attempt to get them to do it is to you know have a more uh, harsh penalties. So I would hope they wouldn't have to stoop, stoop to that. You know, where you're talking about making teams bowl ineligible or forfeiting games, that seems a little strong. But if the commissioner and the and the conference feel that strongly about it, maybe it is a necessary evil that they have to enact because it's happened a couple of times over the last couple. Of years where schools have just been willing to accept the fine to allow students to continue to do it. Kevin, two months after I moved to Michigan, this is in October of 93, Michigan went to Camp Randall Stadium in Wisconsin. We're coming up on the 30-year anniversary of when the Wisconsin student section attempted to storm the field, and what resulted was a bottleneck and a stampede that dozens of people were, were injured very badly. I don't think anybody was killed. And, you know, if you've ever been to a game at Camp Randall, the Wisconsin student section is very rowdy and, you know, rushing the field is a common thing there. But when they tried to rush the field, there was a chain link fence that was separating the playing surface from the bleachers and the stands collapsed. People were unconscious. People weren't breathing. It was terrible. And uh, the visual is probably there's probably some video you could find somewhere. This is a stadium that was built in 1917. And they added a student section later, but it's an older stadium near the end zone. And that, to your point, is a poster child example of what could happen. Do you think it's going to take a serious injury before they institute, you know, real legislation here? What do you think ultimately happens? Because they're meeting on this in May. I would certainly hope not. Unfortunately, Bernie, just through the history of time, you know, usually you have to wait for the worst to happen for action to be taken. So I would love if we were just to say, let's take preventative measures to prevent any of this, you know, these situations from happening. But uh, unfortunately, it seems like it might take something of that measure to happen for people to actually, you know, seriously buck up and say, wow, we need to stop this from happening. So I, I hope cooler heads will prevail and that, look, the, look, the schools would just adhere to the rules that are already in place so the SEC wouldn't even have to do this sort of thing but the way this uh, situation seems to be playing out at the moment uh, unfortunately it might take something as uh, as terrible as what you just described for them to get serious about making sure that students don't do this in the future well they had a three-day spring meeting the sec did in dallas after some spring games were done and they this panel is considering penalties and they're not they haven't ruled out forfeiting a future home game And so you've got uh, the athletic directors from Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky. They are they've been commissioned to formulate new field storming proposals. And then the proposals will be voted on or considered by the ADs and school presidents. And this is going to come. 
to fruition here in, in May, and then the, the, they will vote on those penalties, the conference, before the start of the next season because it's happening too much and they're they're playing with fire. Ethan, what are your thoughts on uh, on what we're talking about here and charging the field? Yeah, uh, for me, you know, I don't agree with the forfeit thing. I think the forfeit thing is ridiculous. Um, The reason why is because students get really drunk at these games and they get really excited and you can't stop them if there's like thousands of them running onto the field. So it's just, I don't like that. But I agree with the fact that they need to come up with something to uh, stop it because I I, I don't know the statistics, but... Um, when I watch it on television, it seems like it's just a bunch of bowls running over a bunch of things, and it doesn't seem like it's very safe. Uh, I don't know. I know you guys are talking about people getting injured, but I'm not. I'm not sure um, how often that happens. That's fair. Uh, you know, one of the things that came up at a, in, in the ACC last year were nondescript games on a Tuesday night where a team with an under 500 record just beats a a rival they don't like and that's I mean is it ever really warranted I mean like if you win a championship have you ever been to an event Kevin where you you storm the field have a storm in the field no I have not no yeah me either I never really had any desire to do something like do something like that How how about you Ethan yeah, actually, when Temple University basketball beat uh, SMU in 2016, uh, SMU was ranked, I think, eight, and Temple stunk. That that was the one time. <laughs> Is that when Larry Brown was coaching at SMU? Do you remember? Yeah, he was, actually. That's that really funny. Damn, yeah, That's funny. Yeah, that, that was a damn good uh, uh, SMU team. Look, I, I don't really know what the solution is, uh, but th- this is real, all right? When you when you hire a focus group. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
to develop proposals to curtail people storming the field and it involves potentially forfeiting games. I can't imagine it would ever get to that point. I could see you getting banned from a bowl game. I mean, they're going to have to put some teeth into this thing, right? Otherwise, it's just going to continue because the fines haven't worked. But the bowl game is dicey, too, because of what if that bowl game happens to be a playoff game? Remember, this will be the final year where they have the four-team made-for-TV invitational tournament. And after this year, they're going to go to 12 teams, which I think will be a, a very welcome addition. But can you imagine if you're all set to go to a bowl game that involves a playoff and you forfeit it? So I really can't see it getting to that. But this three-man committee who's meeting here in May, that is still on the table because they've agreed just passing a rule is not going to stop it, right? Like you said, you can't stop the fans from just, you know, physically you can't stop them because I don't think security, like the old joke about Yogi Bear, if the fans don't want to come out to the ballpark, you can't stop them. Why do you stop a massive throng of people like that. You can't have enough security. I mean, maybe you could build a chain, a fence with barbed wire like Mexico City football stadium has or put a moat there. Don't think that's in the offing. But there's going to be some penalties. They've agreed that passing a rule just isn't going to stop it. People have to stop it. The fine system hasn't changed behavior to the degree they wish it would. It has a little bit, but it hasn't stopped it, right? Maybe they, what I think is a more reasonable solution is you create you create the scenario where when the game is over the team congregates toward the stands and they have the interaction which is really what they want anyway they want the interaction with the team but if they don't fix this they're considering doubling tripling quadrupling fines forfeiting home games banning a team from bowl games forfeiting the game in which you just played where the field was stormed again what are they trying to do it's all back to safety Visiting teams, safety for officials, safety for fans, safety for actually both teams. It's dangerous. It's crazy. People mean well, but like, you know, Ethan brings up a great point. A lot of these kids have been hooked up to a blender since 8 that morning. Their judgment is particularly great. And when you add that, add to that the fact that in any crowd psychology, they'll tell you that in a group setting like that, you feel less responsible for your actions. Coming up, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer, including... By the way, a team that might refund money because their team played so poorly. First, let's go back to our first-round draft choice. Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, Barney. Lakers headed to the second round of the playoffs, while the Kings and Warriors are headed to a Game 7. Los Angeles mollywopped Memphis in Game 6 Friday night, 125-85, to 31 points for D'Angelo Russell to lead all scorers there. Golden State did have a chance to close out Sacramento as well, but the Kings led from the second quarter on and had a convincing 118-99 to victory. Game 7 will be in Sacramento on Sunday. And the NHL Colorado defeated Seattle to force Game 7 in their first-round series. Likewise, for Florida, who outlasted Boston 7-5. to Carolina defeated the Islanders, while Dallas defeated Minnesota. They both advanced to the second round. Major League Baseball, Dodgers beating the Cardinals 7-3. to Phillies, a 3-1 to victory over Houston. Second and third rounds of the NFL draft saw Kentucky quarterback Will Levis go to the Titans. University of Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker drafted by the Lions. D-Town also selected Alabama defensive back Brian Branch. Cornerback Joey Porter Jr. went to the Steelers while the Raiders selected Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. Back to Bernie Fratto. All right. So Napoli preparing to celebrate the first Italian league title in 33 years, but they've been told to steer clear of volcanoes. It's that time. Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. Oh, 
thrilling finishes. The international drama. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. Well, Chris, uh, I don't know uh, how you top that open, but I know you'll find a way to do it. <laughs> As you say, Napoli is on the verge of their... Uh, we don't usually start with Italian soccer, but I, I have been a big proponent of, the, of Serie A. I think they are the second-best club in Europe right now, especially after their European performances uh, this international season with both Milan and Inter sizing up in the Champions League semifinals. But... Um, no, uh, Napoli is on the verge of their first title in 23 years, not since 1980. I mean, uh, 1990, excuse me, with Diego Maradona for them. Have they been this close to the title? And they can sew it up here on Sunday, uh, either with a win over Salernitana or I believe Lazio drop, drawing or losing their match with Inter Milan. So that's where we're at. Uh, fans have been told they were planning apparently to climb Mount Vesuvius to try to set off smokes in the Italian tricolor, smoke bombs in the Italian tricolor. Uh, they've been told to not do that for their own safety, naturally. I saw the U.S. Embassy, the, uh, the U.S. Consulate General for Naples, has issued a citywide alert, kind of a travel advisory on large celebrations, uh, heavy traffic, roads closures, significant use of fireworks, and my favorite, alcohol consumption throughout the city. Yes, that will be happening very, So, very Mont Vesuvius, for you historians, erupted a couple thousand years ago, destroyed the Roman city of Pompeii. They even made a movie about it. Word has it, this volcano is actually... It's characterized as active. I don't know what these people are thinking, but one other thing, Chris, I know Napoli's fans are crazy. We talk about fanatics. Uh, it's my understanding their game this weekend was backed up a day for safety reasons. What was this? You you know what happened there? No, I don't, but I'm just assuming. We see this all the time, especially on big soccer events. It happened in Europe, I mean, in England a couple times. Sometimes when they just don't have the police ability to, to handle a soccer match, they will just delay it. So I'm assuming it probably has something with that, just extra time for the city to prepare for what is going to happen here, on uh, which I think is absolutely going to happen on Sunday. There's news surrounding Juventus as well. Share with the folks what's happening there. Yeah, so it, we're keeping it in Italy here. Uh, Juventus, the uh, well-lauded club, was they were deducted 15 points earlier this year for uh, just problems with the tran with the tr with the transfer with the transfer window, just shady dealings. They were deducted 15 points, but in uh, an argument, they were able to actually the the case has been kicked down the road before the before arbitrators and the court, but. Juventus was reinstated their 15 points. So they went from the middle of the table in Serie A right back up. They're right now in third, uh, two points behind Lazio in its Serie A. And it's really put a, uh, a strain on this late race as this run-in happens in Serie A. Is now Internazionale Milan has now been pushed off the champion, the top four, um, and Roma have been pushed off the top four for Champions League. Uh, Roma and AC Milan here tied at points at 56 for four and five are actually meeting here on Saturday in Rome for what's bound to be a very contentious match. But Juventus is really... I, 
I wasn't sure why they rewarded their points. It was a very tough penalty for them to take. It almost completely took them out of any kind of running whatsoever for Europe. But here they are. Here they are. They're back in in the midst of things, and it's really put a. Uh, it's really added some extra drama here to the end of the Serie A season, especially if it means that. Roma, who has been fantastic in the Europa League, they might not make Champions League this next coming season. So, so might not enter. Like this is this is a this is a real strain now. So, Chris, this might be one of my favorite stories in the last eighteen months of uh, doing the world of soccer. Tottenham uh, gets their uh, butt handed to him uh, six to one about a week ago. And it's my understanding the players are reaching into their pockets to reimburse Newcastle fans for tickets. Yeah, so to be clear, it's not like exactly they're being out of a lot of money here. Maybe at most uh, of the 3,000 tickets sold, I mean, maybe at most for 30 pounds for adults, 25 pounds for seniors, 19 for under 18s. But after that 6-1 loss to Newcastle, it's, it's, it's a nice gesture. It is a gesture that kind of comes in the midst of a really foul season for uh, Tottenham Hotspur. For one, they really have kind of really wanted to go to go forward with, you know, they, they dismissed their manager, Antonio Conte, uh, with a few matches last. They're, they're clashing with Aston Villa and Manchester United for that fourth Champions League spot. Uh, they actually did get a point back. They drew even with uh, Man U here this past uh, a couple days ago, 2-2. But it's it's just it's kind of the it's kind of a nice it's it's a nice gesture to the fans that's undergirding what has been a really bad season for Hotspur. You know, Harry Kane famously came back to the club. He wasn't going to be a transfer. And they've really just, they, they've had to dismiss their manager. They've really kind of stunk up the joint with some really mid-tier play. And if they're probably not going to make Champions League, then they're going to need more than just a couple 30-pound gestures to uh, to win back fans because this has not been the season to remember for uh, for the Spurs. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we talk about the New York media. I'll tell you, the British press can be brutal on soccer teams. Uh, even though it's been acknowledged as a nice gesture, the media didn't exactly respond well. They said, you know, you can pay back the fans for that game, and that's the least you can do. But that's not going to mean a damn thing unless we start to see better performances the rest of the season. You know, games, you win them and lose. But we don't, we're not seeing passion. We're not seeing desire. It's got to come from every single player in every single match. Kind of interesting how the British media responded to that gesture. Didn't exactly let them off the hook. No, and for, for the reasons I said, because the rest of their season has just been very foul. I think, um, you know, they, they understand that, like, look, they're reaching the pocketbooks, but the, 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 the players are doing, are doing right by it. But at the same time, like, A, it's not exactly putting a dent in the players. It's not like the players are really hurting to make this all work for, for Hotspur. But at the same time, the club is particularly rich. It's one of the big six. It's one of the biggest clubs out there. And this is the product they've kind of put out there. They've, they've been haphazard in dismissing Antonio Conte. They've really kind of fouled up this ability to even make Champions League. And to be honest, with the window closing on Harry Kane, who might be their greatest player ever, and he might be dismissed and have to leave here in the in the summer transfer window. It, it it is it is kind of a little. It's a small gesture, and it's not it's not exactly enough to to, to help save Tottenham's reputation, especially as they crash down the the course here on the run-in. 
Finally, we just got about a minute, Chris, but we're into May next week, which means we're just about 60 days away from Women's World Cup. Uh, we covered Men's World Cup heavily heading into the fall campaign uh, in Qatar last year. Uh, we'll start to uh, do that here in the next few weeks. Any quick thoughts about the Women's World Cup heading uh, heading to us in July? I think I think it's going to be a lot more open. You know, every year we've kind of penciled in some of the biggest teams in the world, be it you know uh, United States this year in particular. I think the the competition might be a little more open, which is even more fantastic. Because as much as we like to root for USA, as much as I think people like to root for dynasties, it is the the World Cup has always built itself on the excitement of you never know who might win it, and I think that is going to be exactly what the women's game needs to continue to grow and it's already grown very very well here in the united states and my daughter was a recipient of that she played division one soccer good stuff chris uh as we get into this i'll be curious to know who the biggest challenge would be to the u.s team chris perfetz world of soccer see you soon chris see you bernie thank you all right. Uh, by the way, just a quick postscript to fans rushing the field. Uh, Broncos LYYF, Broncos Life, tweets in, this is a pretty good idea. Don't let fans in the stadium in the first place have the next home game with empty student sections. That doesn't work. The next step is to have no fans at a home game. This wouldn't punish the players of the program, only the fans who are the actual problem. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Maybe fines forfeits, bowl games, that might not work. How about the culprits themselves, the fans, who know they're not supposed to do this in the first place? Maybe you force them to bear the brunt. Coming up, the Oakland A's to Vegas. Is it a done deal? Or is it reckless, wishful thinking? Or somewhere in between? I'll give you the latest. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio TireRack.com studios. So keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Wrapping it up on The Bernie Fratto Show. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, Nevada. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team. They've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific time on Friday night. That would be Mark Ramsey, our technical producer, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Of course, Kevin Figures on the updates. And Ethan Miller, the creator of the Bernie Trivia Game, another rousing edition tonight. I want to thank all the callers who participated. Ethan will have the standings as we've completed week five in Bernie's backyard bunk and bets. You have the standings up on Monday and how you know I've done on my betting and how I've done on my uh, trivia questions as well. Ethan will have all the percentages and stats, etc. As we've completed week five and heading towards the uh, you know the twelve week contest, and Ethan will have the latest standings. All right. You're hearing it reported as if it's a done deal. Now, don't selectively listen. I'm not saying that the the A's are not coming to Vegas. The dynamic is far different than when the Raiders came here and far different from the Golden Knights. So, it's not that it's not going to happen. We don't know. Is it a done deal? Far from a done deal. Is it reckless wishful thinking? I wouldn't say that, but let me share some things with you, okay? Nobody's stopping the A's from building their ballpark in Vegas. But if you want $500 million in free public money toward the construction, well, now, that's a horse of a different color, as they say in The Wizard of Oz. So the A's plan is so aggressive, they actually want to submit a move request to Major League Baseball owners this fall. Now, we're a week from May. The future always has a way of arriving ahead of schedule. Are you telling me you really think the A's can have a stadium funding plan and a public-private agreement in place by then? At this point, the A's don't even have a stadium rendering, or they've named a stadium design architect. This is not a done deal. They bought land. That's it so far. Okay? 49 acres over behind Tropicana and Dean Martin. They've entered into a binding agreement. Now, John Fisher... The very wealthy owner of the A's, my understanding, worth a billion dollars, heir to the Gap fortune. How much of an appetite is there for local funding here, public funding here, when you will have other factions, roads, schools, health care, things that have been talked about that would love to have some of that money as well? One of the reasons that Allegiant Stadium was built and the A's were welcome here, check that the Raiders were welcome here, is because they convinced Brian Sandoval, and Brian Sandoval, our governor at the time, convinced local factions that this stadium was worthy of public money through a hotel tax because it would be a venue that would bring other major events like Taylor Swift and you name it, right? Uh, the Korean K-pop band that just sold the play. It was unreal, the crowds. And so that would help Vegas to continue to be a world-class tourism city. Now, they... Oakland franchise, they've set their sights on Vegas 
interestingly enough, at this time, even though there are no civic or community organizations that are calling for Vegas to host a Major League Baseball team. Typically, you see this, I believe, in Nashville. I think you've seen it in Salt Lake City. You may have seen it in Portland. Typically, fans in a city will form an organization or they form a coalition to support a Major League Baseball team if the community desires to have that team. I think there's an organization in Salt Lake City, Bring Baseball to Salt Lake, something, something like that, right? In addition, at this time, not that it can't change, but I'm giving you reality, I know of no elected officials who've supported using new taxes to help build a baseball stadium for the Oakland A's. By the way, what's interesting, the Oakland Athletics already have their AAA team here in Las Vegas, a beautiful 10,000-seat ballpark in Summerlin, about 12 miles from the Strip, right around the corner from where the Golden Knights practice in the beautiful Red Rock facility, right? And they've said that the Aviators, the AAA team, would stay if the A's came. Uh, Dave Caval, who agreed to purchase the land and the 49 acres, uh, also noted that, uh, you know, that the Aviators and the Athletics, will that be no different than the Henderson Silver Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, the uh, of, of the NHL, right? Now, uh, the ballpark will also need to be climate controlled because of the Vegas hot summers, 100, 110 degrees. So you're going to have to have a retractable roof, okay? But they also talked it would not, they, they said a potential stadium would not be cavernous like the Coliseum where the attendance has been the lowest uh, for, you know, for years but the truth of the matter is that uh, even if it's a nice, cozy stadium, small, uh, you know, uh, roof, retractable roof, whatever, uh, and you have 81 home dates a year, it's not whether or not teams will support the A's or fans will support the A's will they come to the stadium. And I believe they probably will. I believe they probably would. And it's potentially a, a, an economic development that would you know bring in revenue but we don't know there's a lot we don't know so the cart is before the horse and that's the reason i'm so vehement about this i'm not saying it's a reckless wishful thinking prospect but it's certainly not a done deal could the oakland a's come to vegas some point sure but we're a long way from that and to report it that it's a done deal or to act like it is is irresponsible journalism we're going to continue to cover this story as we have new developments and new updates. You'll want to stay tuned because it's a national story. It's going to do it for the Bernie Frato Show, but keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Up next, up next, the great Anthony Gargano. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.